0: Attention, celebrity listeners. <laughs> Hope that got your attention. Hey, everyone, this is Chuck. And as some of you have heard, I have announced that I have a new solo podcast coming out in November called Movie Crush, uh, the show where I interview your favorite people about their favorite movie. And that's the long and short of it. It's really cool. I've had a bunch of guests in the studio uh, and just had a nice chat about movie fandom in general and what their favorite movie is and why. And I need more guests. So if you are a stealthy celebrity listener, if you're an actor or a writer or producer, uh, director, if you're a musician, if you are a book author, I've had all kinds of people in the studio. And that's kind of the point is to hear from uh, from neat folks of all walks of life. If you are out there and you want to be on Movie Crush, I would love, love, love to have you. Um, if you're in Atlanta or going through Atlanta with a movie project, that's great. If not, we have partner studios in L.A. and New York. Uh, and we can work it out if you live in uh, a flyover state even, let's say. <laughs> so hit me up. Just send me an email to moviecrush at howstuffworks.com and put in the subject line movie Crush guest and, and I'll know it's you and I appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. Trust me. And um here's to recording podcasts together. Thanks. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark with Charles W. Chuck Bryant and Jerry Rowland. And this is Stuff You Should Know. <laughs> trying out some new stuff. The, the two least
0: extreme guys covering yet another extreme sports topic.
1: I'm extreme in my easygoingness. <laughs> Extremely easygoing? Extremely laid back.
0: Yeah, I always feel weird when we do, uh, what, would, what do we do, base jumping and parkour? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I just feel... Wholly unqualified. It's a great way to start out a show, right? Sure, it is. Like, don't (laughs) listen to a word we say.
1: But no, these things always have like the coolest backstories, and there's always like a handful of people who like just take it to the the next level. And there's always like underground like upstarts. It's it's like all of those things. So I find these pretty pretty interesting. I wouldn't want to just focus on these entirely. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I think we'd both be dissatisfied with our work, but... X-Cast with Josh and Chuck. Yeah. Oh, actually. Yeah, see? No, I'm disregarding <laughs> it still.
0: But I, th- I like them still. Yeah, I think the history, for sure, of this is super interesting.
1: Yeah, and if, you're, if you uh, aren't familiar, we didn't misspell the title of this episode. Uh, Buildering's actually a combination of buildings, like you walk into, maybe... Uh, eat eat luncheon, possibly do some work. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, go on to Facebook and take a tour. Uh, sure. Yeah. You can do those in some buildings. Um, get chased out of the basement by a ghost. There's yeah. a lot of things that can happen with a building. So yeah. everybody knows what a building is. Then there's also something called bouldering, which is, um, climbing huge, enormous rocks. Basically, it's like um, like rock climbing, but but it's like a, a rather than a mountain or a cliff face or something like that. It's an actual boulder, like a huge, giant boulder. And um, I think it's it's harder than than rock climbing. It can be depending on the boulder, I'm sure. Um, but if you put those two things together, you get this new term, this relatively new term called buildering. And it is basically climbing those buildings that we mentioned before.
0: Yeah, I didn't know this was a term either, honestly. I didn't either. Cause when I saw it, I went, huh? Did you? Yeah.
1: Loud, and then, loud. and then it sucked you into the article and, and you, you said, I've got to learn more about this. Well, yeah. And then when I clicked on it, I said, Oh, these are
0: just those, those wackos who, uh, climb, you know, tall towers illegally, right? M- mostly illegally.
1: You got all that right. Uh, it's illegal almost across the board. The, the buildings they usually climb are tall. Especially the ones that get pressed. And every single person who does this is a wacko. Yeah.
0: And we'll go over this, but they, a lot of times will get arrested and stuff. Um, the same as, uh, as, as the tightrope walker, that, that wacky French
1: guy. What was his name?
0: Oh man. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, the guy who
1: walks between the World Trade Center towers. Yeah, in the seventies, man we, on man on wire.
0: I think we've gone over this. Man on wire, great documentary, very bad movie.
1: Was it? Oh, dude, I just don't know what they did to uh to Ron John's eyes. Ron John. was his name? Not Ron John. <laughs> the surf Don Surf's John. Guy? <laughs> Don John. Don John. Yeah, remember he made a movie about a guy who was addicted to internet porn but started dating Scarlett Johansson. What? Yeah. Oh, I think wait, wait. Yes. Don John. Don Juan, wasn't it? No, I think it was John. Okay. You're but, thinking of Don Juan DeMarco, <laughs> which was a great movie.
0: But you're talking about JGL. That's I, I didn't know you were talking about a character. That's like that guy's not called to any of those things.
1: no, no. no. But he, like, he wrote that movie. That was like his movie, his yeah, baby. That was pretty good. They said, what do you want to do? You can do anything you want. And he's like, well, I have this one idea. I want to make out with Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> right. I liked him in third rock from the sun. I never saw that. It was a surprisingly good sitcom, actually. And it he, was pretty well written and well acted, yeah. stellar cast.
0: Well, yeah. Uh, anything with, uh, what's his face in it? I'm super into.
1: Yeah. Uh, Everybody (laughs) loves what's his face. I know who you're talking about too. Uh, Sure.
0: What's his face? I'm blanking on everything. You know, we should tell people we're recording in the morning. That's why.
1: Oh, my brain is so foggy. I hadn't really thought about that, but yeah, it's going to make a substantial difference. It's going to really drag this one down. I think we haven't done that in a long time. No, for good reason. It's John Lithgow that you're thinking. That's right. But I'm also drunk.
0: So hopefully it'll (laughs) from the night before (laughs) from last. I thought you stunk. Um, stink like gin. So, yeah, no, I didn't actually drink a thing last night.
1: Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, I, I, hey. Wait a minute. Come no, on. Wait a minute. <laughs> For the record, I did not either. Oh, good. We're both teetotaling last night. So,
0: um yes, bad movie. The only good thing about the Man on Wire movie was um some of the shots of the actual walk itself. I mean, most of that looked really astounding. Mm-hmm. But, um man, it was
1: so bad. Well, you know, I think that there's an over-reliance on special effects these days to really move a movie along rather than good old-fashioned plot and and writing and dialogue. There's just like, oh, no, no, we're going to have these great shots or these great effects or this thing's going to blow up. Yeah. And I mean, that's long been a problem. I mean, it's like what action movies are made of, right? But it seems to have crept its way into movies all over the spectrum, yeah, it's, and that I think it sounds like what you're talking about.
0: And this is well, and he did the he did this uh he broke the third wall and did a lot of talking to the audience in this ridiculous Ugh. French accent. And um did he really? Yeah, man. It was it was all just weird. A lot of weird choices, and I think it's also a case of a documentary that's so good just stop there. Yeah. You don't need to see it played out fictionally, you know. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's like one of the pinnacles of documentary filmmaking. All right. Well, we killed some time. Yeah, that was great, Chuck. Way to go. <laughs> so we're talking about the the, the guy you're talking about. I can't believe neither one of us can remember the actual man's name. Um, he he walked on a tightrope between the World Trade Center towers. That's not building. No, um, there are people. There's a guy named Shipwreck Kelly who used to um, go up on like the, the top of like a construction site and like stack chairs and sit on top of them. That's an absolutely insane, not buildering. Buildering is strictly climbing up, scaling a building on the outside to preferably get to the top, right? And there's all different ways you can do it. Like you can do it, um, free climbing, which is absolutely, totally and completely insane. Yes. And also I want to go on record here about this as well. COA. Do not do this. (laughs) Do not. I yeah. don't care if you're one of the people we're talking about. I, I'm I'm begging with you to stop doing what you're doing. <laughs> it's it's one of the most dangerous things a person can do. Yeah, you're climbing a building, and a lot of buildings are not made to be climbed. Some of them are like, well, yeah, I mean that's an obvious building to climb. Others are like, how are you doing this? Especially if you're free climbing. But there's a lot of other implements people we people can use that will go over as well. Yeah, but that that is building. It's not like Philippe Petit who walked on a wire. Right,
0: right. Sorry, I had to look up that name. No, I'm glad you did. To stop people from screaming in their car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, should we talk about the history? Yeah, let's. Because this was, to me, the most interesting thing about all of this is when I think of building or climbing buildings, I think, well, this has been going on for probably 30, 40 years max.
1: Maybe. About the time that Mountain Dew really turned extreme. <laughs> That's
0: right. Uh Not true at all. And I was... Genuinely shocked to know that people have been climbing buildings in, in an extreme sports way. They just didn't call it that then. Right. Since there have been tall
1: buildings. Right. Like in 1900 is when this started. Which is about the time people started building like genuinely tall buildings. Yeah, it's crazy. There's a guy called uh, the father of modern urban climbing, Joffrey uh,
0: Winthrop Young, and he wrote a book a small book called, a guide book, if you will, called The Roof Climber's Guide to Trinity uh, about Trinity College buildings in Cambridge, England, Mm -hmm. and basically it was like, here's how you do it, mates. (laughs) Here's what you should climb on campus, and here's the best way to go about it.
1: Yeah, and like there were even little diagrams that was like... That would show you which way to climb. <laughs> he would reference like this one windowsill or there's a ledge next to this one drain pipe or the actual drain pipe will work. Like he he really kind of spelled out how you could make your way up to each building. Yeah. And it was kind of like this cool underground thing to do on Trinity College's campus.
0: That's right. And I can't I still I'm, it's hard to believe to me that this is going on in 1900. Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, college students have always been college students, though, don't you think? Well, that's true. You know? So, um, Joffrey Winthrop Young, his name really is kind of fun to say, isn't it? Yes. Um, he published this as kind of like a little underground smash. From what I understand, the um, the deans of the college were not happy about this oh, and I'm tried sure. to suppress it, yeah. right? Um, but then, uh, almost 40 years later, another pamphlet or mini-book came out. And it was written pseudonym, pseudonymously by someone named Whipplesnaith, who turned out to be <laughs> Noel Symington. Yes. Another great name. <laughs> and he, he published something called the night climbers of Cambridge, another university in Cambridge. And, um, basically did the same thing. It was, it, you could even call it a follow up. And he actually, I think coined that term night climbing, which is still used around that town today to denote Climbing up buildings at night and the whole reason you do it at night is cause you don't want to get caught. Yeah. It's crazy that Cambridge was the, uh, was the birth
0: of modern, you know, extreme climbing. Yeah. Uh, and here in the United States, however, uh, when it really started happening was when we started building skyscrapers. That is to say the, the first like 20, 30 years of the 20th century. Yeah. Uh, and there were, uh, it's weird. There, it seems like there have been a lot of Spider-Man and human flies. Yeah. And I think they maybe should just be a, a little more original rather than just say, I'm the new Spider-Man. Right. Uh, and for God's sake, they should stop wearing Spider-Man outfits when they do this because that just looks kind of silly.
1: Sure. And while we're on it, they should stop making Spider-Man movies over and over again. <laughs> oh, the new one's so good, though.
0: Is it? I haven't seen it. Yeah. And I'm totally against the whole thing where it's like, and there's a new guy. But this new one really like kind of captured... The comic book thing,
1: oh, okay, I'll give it a shot then.
0: yeah i was I was pretty uh taken with
1: it, okay, so yeah, we start building skyscrapers here in the u s and almost out of the gate, people are like, "I want to climb that mm-hmm. and some people did, and like you were saying there was one guy who is the human fly, the original human fly, I think, <laughs> yes, and supposedly he got that nickname from uh Grover Cleveland, yeah. the president at the time, but this guy's name was uh Harry H. Gardner. And he was quite a character, actually. Yeah. Did you look up pictures of this dude? Uh-huh. It's crazy. He looks like, uh I mean, I don't know what I expected.
0: Maybe that he would just look a little different from his peers of the day. Right. But he literally looks like he walked out of an accounting office in New York City and started climbing buildings.
1: Yeah. That's basically, that's basically what he did. And he got really good at it, too. Yeah. He got the slick back hair and the glasses.
0: And there's one great picture of him. Uh, he would usually wear this kind of look like a a weird white jumpsuit, uh, was his outfit as the human fly. Right. But, um, there's this one, that one great picture, I don't know if you saw it, where he's hanging off of a, of a building ledge in a full three-piece suit, like doffing Mm -hmm. his cap. I did see that.
1: Pretty neat. Yeah. He had, he had a little bit of panache, you could say. Yes. But yeah, is there anything, okay, no, there is something more unsettling, but something, (laughs) something very unsettling is old-timey athletic wear. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh-huh. It, it, and the other thing I thought of that's even more unsettling is old-timey wheelchairs. Oh, like yeah. The wicker ones. Uh-huh. <laughs> they look n- neither comfortable nor safe. No, and they're they're clearly haunted by their past occupants. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> the haunted wheelchair, that's a good short story. I think so too, man.
0: Um, so Gardner uh, one of his first big moves was he climbed Detroit News's 12-story uh, ad building in 1916. Mm-hmm. And as you'll see with most of these folks, they don't, I mean, they call it night climbing. But aside from the early days, they kind of said, you know what, that's kind of for the birds. Day climbing is where it's at because we kind of want people to see
1: us. Yeah, because, I mean, at the time, people didn't have a lot to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It was a big thing. Like, you could sit around and and read, and that's great, but people were looking for stuff to do during the day, too. So, yeah, like, you you could see daredevils doing crazy stuff in the cities around this time. And one of them was that climb of the Detroit News Building. Uh, Did you say it was 12 stories?
0: Yeah, 12 stories, and, you know, he hit it right at noon when people could leave their offices at lunch, leave their martinis on the table. (laughs) <laughs> um, and the, uh, Detroit news actually covered it and all the newspapers were always knocked out by these, you know, feats of daring do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, they said they dared not cheer. Men stood and stared with bulging eyes. Women hugged their babies to their breasts and held their breath. Yeah.
1: it's a lot. It reads easier than it, than it speaks that line. Yes, you're right. But, um, so this was like a huge deal in Detroit. And so uh Gardner was like, "Well, I'll just do it again. And it was pretty easy this time. I lived. Let's let me press my luck another time. Right. Let me cheat death again." So he scheduled another one just a, a couple days later, but um apparently the crowds that turned out were so massive and thronged the area and just disrupted everything around there that they're like, "We we can't do this. You can't climb." So they canceled it.
0: Yeah, it's kind of a bummer. It is a bummer. But he would not be deterred. He would go on to climb uh, many buildings including uh, The 16-story Empire Building in Birmingham, Alabama, mm-hmm. Uh, which I didn't know Birmingham had buildings that tall back I there.
1: know. This is like back in the time when any city had a shot at being a great American city, you know? Right? Right? Yeah. All you had to do is get a little investment, maybe have some cattle or timber or something, and then right. build some skyscrapers. That's right. And Birmingham is one of the great American cities, by the sure. way. Uh, And
0: then in Vancouver, and it seems like a lot of this has happened over the years in Vancouver, um the Cove. The seventeen story world building
1: uh there he climbed as well. Yes. Yeah, so he's like traveling North America, climbing these buildings is like a public spectacle. The president calls him the human fly. Um he's he's feeling pretty great. And then all of a sudden he just drops out of public view. Oh, I thought and you were about to say drops off the side of a building. No, he didn't. No one knows what happened to him. They don't know how he died, where he went, or anything like that, but huh supposedly the best guess is that he was found, he was murdered in Paris at the Eiffel Tower. Oh, wow. Because there was an unidentified body that apparently matched his description that was found beaten to death at the base of the Eiffel Tower. Holy cow. In, I think, 1936 or something like that.
0: Yeah, I imagine a lot of people
1: didn't get beaten to death in Paris either back then. <sighs> no, you they know? were taking a break. After the reign of terror, they're like, That really got out of hand. Let's all just be peaceful for a while. (laughs) Shall we take a break? Yeah. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll go
0: chalk up and uh scale uh Jerry's desk over there.
1: Hey, Chuck. Yep. So we're back. Yes. And all of this is, um, reminded me of the going over the Niagara Falls in a barrel episode. Oh, that's right. That was another one. Um, I feel like we should do an episode on like Daredevils in general. You know, we did that two-parter on Evil Knievel. Yeah, no, we did one on Daredevils. Um, did we on Daredevils? I know we did Stuntmen and Cannibal Run. I think we did Daredevils. Huh. I, I think, I think this closes the book. Oh, I was going to say, I think we need to redo some of this stuff. All right. But do you remember the one guy who went over the, the falls and, um, over, yeah, over Niagara Falls in a barrel and lived. Yeah. And then died, I think slipping on an orange peel like years later. <laughs> yeah. In a Three Stooges episode. That's like the greatest, worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's pretty good. So, so who else? Gardner leads the way. Apparently he was known for saying, um, like a hundred something men have tried to do what I do and died trying. Which is a lie. Probably. There are probably some people who did, you know, died emulating him or imitating him. But there were other successful ones too, successful human flies, early spider if you will. Yeah, going back again to the 1920s, this is
0: a little out of order sequentially, but uh, a dude named Henry Rowland uh, broke his hip, fell uh, only about 35 feet uh, in Iowa, climbing the Davis County Courthouse, and this was kind of took him out of commission for a while, but he would not be deterred as well. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of a, the rolling uh, narrative here with these dudes. Yeah. Is you can't keep them down. No. Um, eight years later, he returned, climbed that same courthouse in only 12 minutes, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. And then put his hat on the head of the blind justice statue.
1: I know. That's the thing. Like, this is a time when not wearing a hat was so scandalous that. Human flies would wear a hat out, out of doors yeah. while they were climbing, you know? <laughs> huh? I, I just love that. And then there was a dude that died too, right? At
0: yeah, I think there we were know. a lot
1: of guys that died, but this one was, uh, I think, fairly well-known and died. H.F. Uh, Young died in 1923. Uh, he fell off the Hotel Martinique, um, which was a nine-story drop for him, which will do it. That will that will kill you. Oh, for sure. Yeah, although I was on a Mosaic Science magazine site and uh-huh. they had um I think it was called how to survive a fall or something like that. And it was basically about like on your way down what to do. Yeah. Oh my god. Um but not just like what to do. It wasn't just an instructional thing. It was it was also like a look at the study of falling and mm-hmm. how we fall, which is kind of an understudied thing. But there are some people who are really like taking a hard look at it. And um I don't remember the exact gist of it, but they do kind of tell you exactly the best way to improve your chances from a huge fall. And you don't know that now? No, I forgot. <laughs> so I'm I'm dead meat <laughs> if I fall. That's probably the one key takeaway. Well, I think the key takeaway is everybody should go read this article. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, it's from Mosaic uh, science magazine, and it's called, I think, like, How to Survive a Fall. Jeez. Yeah, it's a good one, though. It's a good read. Uh, so
0: H.F. Young dies, very sad, and then a couple of more folks died the next year, and then that's when cities started to say, all right, we're not calling it building yet because we're not in a time machine, mm-hmm. but these crazy dudes need to knock it off.
1: Yeah, they're like, this is wildly irresponsible for us to allow this. And not only allow it, but, to, like, assemble the citizens at lunchtime to come watch this thing. Yeah. You know? For sure. So they did. They started to outlaw it, And it kind of fell to the wayside. And um, some of these early guys, like you said, building's not a term yet. So they're called urban climbers at least they are now yeah but there's a there's actually a pretty big distinction between urban climbing and buildering although they they can very frequently overlap and some people do both um but urban climbing is like that would include climbing up a ladder on a construction crane on the top of a skyscraper as some people do oh yeah Um, those are i can't see those videos i know it's it's just too much Um, or it could be like climbing up a bridge or something, but it's, you're, you're using like other things besides just the face of the building, Mm -hmm. which is, that's kind of like one of the requisites of building is you're not using any of the ladders or anything that's intended to be climbed. Right. You're, you're using the building, the, the facade of the building
0: itself. Although sometimes that can, um, imitate a ladder. As yeah. we'll see here in a minute. Yeah. But you're right. Uh, nothing extra. All right. Uh, so we jump from, you know, I guess the 1930s or so. Like you said, it tailed off for a long time for good mm-hmm. reason. And then finally in the 1970s and 80s, things started to pick back up again, uh, namely in the late 1970s with a man named George Willig. Uh, he was a toy maker, so he had a sense of whimsy, I imagine, um, for the ideal toy company and he took a, a PTO day, <laughs> literally. Right. And said, uh, well, he didn't tell anyone, but he took a PTO day, a little personal time to go climb the World Trade Center.
1: Yep. I love
0: this guy a lot, actually. Yeah. He did it in three and a half hours and he actually had a rig. He was not a free climber because that would just be insane. Um, and probably not possible with the World Trade Center, uh, which was mostly glass, but he figured out a way, uh, to, to fit a device uh over the window washer scaffold and then it fit and if you see pictures of this guy doing so yeah. you know between the world trade center it had uh these grooves between the windows and he he probably rigged something of his own making that, yeah
1: he he made it himself
0: yeah that would fit between the channel between those windows right uh and apparently after he figured that out it wasn't
1: too tough well it was it was like um I think it was still tough, but this implement that he designed was, you know, pretty ingenious. Well, it said he climbed with relative ease. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Better than free climbing or something like that. For sure. He was using implements. But the, the thing when he, when he pressed down on it, it's, it would slide into these slats that the window washing machine was supposed to go up and down on, like you were saying. Um, and when he pressed down on it, it would lock into the sides. And when he like lifted up on it, it would unlock. Mm-hmm. So he could just kind of like shimmy up like that. Right. Nuts. And he had the foresight to bring a little hammer with him because he was like, you know what? I'll bet that thing is not perfect all the way up. Yes. Yes and he brought a little hammer with him and needed it many times to like hammer it out to to about the shape that he needed it to be but he um he made this climb and a a couple of cops one of them was a um a specialist in suicides uh were lowered down on an actual window washing conveyance and said you know they were given the task of of talking this guy down yeah and apparently at some point they were like Oh, you you mean to do this? You're you're just climbing the the World Trade Center. That's all you're doing, huh? Yeah. He made I would have just walked up and jumped off, dummy. Right. Exactly. Like this seems a little hard, uh, for that. But they um they left him alone until he got to the top, and then of course they arrested him right when he when he got to the top. Sure. But um he made it to the top for sure. Yeah. And originally,
0: uh, apparently, the city was going to fine him a big old fat, and this is in 1977, a quarter of a million bucks, which it's a lot of money today, but certainly a lot of money back then. Right. Uh but Mayor Beam, I guess, was charmed and taken with the uh the attention it brought maybe to New York City. Yeah. And said, I'm gonna fine you a penny
1: per floor, so he paid a, a fine of a dollar and ten cents. Right. And I think there was probably a lot of public pressure to leave this guy alone because he became a celebrity overnight when he did this. Oh, big time. I mean he was he was big time all of a sudden. And he's just this you know, thoughtful toy making guy who, who just decided he wanted to do this and made his own implements, you know, and all yeah. of a sudden now he's on like Johnny Carson and Merv Griffin and all of the late night talk shows. Um, he got work as a stuntman on a, a bunch of shows, including the six million dollar man. Like just that one climb, like made him famous yeah. still to this day. Sure. Actually, I think
0: he's, he's one of the, uh, for sure, one of the dudes that people look back on as like very revered in the sport.
1: Yeah. I agree. You don't hear people doing stuff like this anymore, do you? Am I just not hearing about it? Yeah, you're not hearing about it. It okay. happens. Um,
0: right. Well, because we'll get to him, that uh, Alan Robert guy. Right. He, he's still climbing his little buns off. Okay. His little tight climbing buns. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid sexy Flanders. Uh- <laughs> Classic. Uh, 1981, there's a dude and he still climbs as well. I believe a California man named Dan Goodwin. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he was silly enough to put on a Spider-Man costume, which, uh, I guess it feels cool at the time, but it just never looks good. No. Especially after you've seen the movies and like the really cool outfits that they put the Spider-Man in. Mm-hmm. So the,
1: the, the, the Walmart version. Right. When you're dressed like a kid at Halloween where yeah. you can clearly see like what kind of like sneakers you're wearing. Not so cool. Underneath the red spats that are supposed to cover them, but don't.
0: Yeah. yeah like if he had the real Hollywood suit, it would, might look kind of, you know, awesome, but no such luck for Dan Goodwin.
1: Plus also, if you're going to go to this kind of trouble and do something this publicly, like do, take an extra month and design and manufacture your own costume. Agreed. Get a little cape in there or something. Sure. Although that might get in the way. Well, it'd have to be a, a very lightweight, thin, small cape. I half, would, half size, maybe.
0: I would be a nude builderer. Could you imagine? Uh, now I can. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sit with you for a while. Um, so Dan Goodwin dressed up as Spidey, and he climbed uh, the Sears Tower in Chicago, which is uh, now the Willis Tower, at the time, the Sears Tower. It's still the Sears Tower. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and then would go on to climb the John Hancock Tower, also in Chicago. And then he said, that's beans. I'm going to go climb the CN Tower in Toronto because I think it's over 1800 feet tall. Yeah. And at the time it was the world's tallest structure, which uh, made him the, the top dog for a bit.
1: And he climbed that CN Tower twice in the same day. What? Yeah. Why? Cause it was there, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe somebody was like, that wasn't that big of a deal. And he's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> I'll do it again. I'll see you in a couple hours, jerk.
0: Uh, and then Goodwin was then followed, um, by the man we were just talking about, a, a French man or a Frenchman named Alan Robert, or is it Elaine? I never know how to pronounce that when the I is stuck in there.
1: Uh, I don't know. Elaine, Elaine. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: That sounds nice. Yeah, uh, And this is in the mid 90s. And he he is a bit of a standalone, not a standalone, but a stand apart, at least, because uh, while he occasionally will use some equipment, what he really likes to do is get out there, get some chalk on his hands and tackle a building.
1: Yeah, this guy is, I mean, in my opinion, the greatest builder who's ever lived at the very least, the riskiest. Or at the very least, the most well known too. I ran across another guy named um, Mustang Wanted. I don't think that's his actual name. Wanted. But that's what he goes by. Mustang Wanted. He named his himself after a, a, a ad on Craigslist. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, he does, from what I can tell, free free climbing, buildering. Um, and he's younger and and just kind of not well known. I, I'm sure he's quite well known in in the building circles or yeah. in the urban climbing circles. But, um yeah, Elaine Robert, Robert, right? Yeah, he, there you go. Alan Robert. He, what am I doing? He, um like, he's sponsored. He's that well known. By you want to tell him by who? I think you
0: should tell him. <laughs> well, what's the name of the company? I know it's a, a hair replacement company. It's
1: like a Nuva Jill Nordjill, Nordjill. Or Norgil. One of them. We're having a lot of trouble with the words that circle in the guy's universe. Yeah, that's because
0: it's morning. But he, uh, yeah, <laughs> God bless him. He has some, uh, some hair loss going on. So he got the the sponsorship that made sense for his life. <laughs> so good for him, right? Good for that guy. And he also wore a Spider-Man outfit. So
1: just stop dudes with the <laughs> Spider-Man. He doesn't always. He would from time to time, I think. I oh, think yeah, not always. I think it might be like a tradition now. Yeah. Maybe an inside joke. I don't know. Or maybe they really are like, this is going to make it feel so much cooler when I build her this building. <laughs> Should we take another break? I think so. All right. We're going to go get in
0: our Spider-Man costumes and finish the show that way.
1: Um, we talked about how like these guys can get kind of famous actually and some of them use their platforms for for good like La and robert um he'll go both ways right like he he's taken um tens of thousands of dollars to climb a building to promote like a spider-man movie or something like that oh Maybe really that's why he was dressed as spider-man did he really do that uh-huh oh man um and then on uh, but on the other hand He's well known to like unfurl banners at the top that promote like, um, like, uh, uh, the climate change. Oh, okay. Stuff like that, right? Well, that's cool. Yeah. Like there was a one website called a hundred months org that he was promoting, I think back in the late nineties that, um, basically posited that we had like a hundred months before the, the earth was irreversibly changed by climate change. And I don't think that that uh, has has panned out as successful that website and changing yeah. the
0: world's mind yet. Um, other people have done the same though, uh, either promotional stuff or banners sometimes, like you said, for good, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes for dough because a builder has got to eat after all. Sure.
1: You got to be able to get to the places. If you're traveling the world, you, uh, need airplane money. Yeah. And, uh, Sometimes, like you said, with the,
0: uh, was it Willig that went on to, um, do some stuntman work? Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's a good way to get work. Um, Sebastien Foucault, uh, was the guy in Casino Royale.
1: I just want to apologize to the entire country of France for this episode. They don't listen. No, you're right. That's fine. We're good then.
0: <laughs> uh, he was the one in Casino Royale who doubled up, um, James Bond mm-hmm. and, did all the, I think he did all the parkour and yeah. the building
1: in that, in that he, stunt scene. Yeah, he did. It was pretty neat. Yeah, that was a thrilling scene for sure.
0: Yeah, and we have to talk about the scene in, uh, Mission Impossible
1: Ghost Protocol. W- uh, thrilling as well. Apparently Man. it was for real. It was, dude. And it really was Tom Cruise doing that stunt.
0: It was. I watched the full scene again today. I watched the behind the scenes of the making of that scene. Mm hmm. Uh, this is when he uh, went out of the window of the Burj, Burj Khalifa in Dubai, mm-hmm. which is the world's tallest tower at 2,717 feet. <laughs> and uh, that – think what you want about Tom Cruise. He, I'm still sort of uh, in and out with that guy. Mm. But uh, that scene is one of the most thrilling scenes in – action movie history to me Mm
1: -hmm. and the idea that it was real
0: yeah i mean of course he was fully cabled and tethered uh and it was uh as as safe as you can imagine something being and then they go in and erase all that stuff in post-production but uh it's still he's still up there doing this stuff right running down the side of the building launching himself off the (laughs) side and swinging around and uh it's just, it's amazing. Really, really great action movie scene.
1: It is. A lot of those movies were pretty good. The um, Mission Impossible ones turned out okay. Yeah, I think all of them were good except for the, uh I guess it was two, the John Woo one. That's what everybody
0: says. What was wrong with that? I don't even know if I saw it or not. Eh, I don't know. I think he, it just, I don't know. It just wasn't that good. I can't remember if it was like, because, you know, besides good action and stuff, you still have to have. A good story for Mission Impossible, sure, and good, um, impossible mission stuff, right? And And they didn't have that. I think I remember it just not having a very good plot and and good Mission Impossible type stuff. Gotcha. It it didn't feel Mission Impossible like to me. I gotcha. But they've once Brad Bird uh, got back on the director, like those those were good. Yeah, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like you need to have plot. You need to have a story. You need to have good dialogue. Yeah. So if you're going to do this, you should be prepared to be arrested. Yes. Right? But don't do it. No, no, that's great. Great point, Chuck. Don't do this because if you were going to, you'd be arrested. Like apparently Elaine Robert has been arrested like a hundred times or something like that. Yes. Um, and he's become so infamous. He never announces publicly what he's going to do. He just shows up at the building apparently in the morning and just starts climbing. Yeah. And people take note. Right. Um, he also apparently is so famous that he was seen hanging around inside, maybe on a tour or something of the shard in London. And the building's owners got freaked out and they went to court and got a restraining order against him to keep him away from their building forever. Oh,
0: uh, they're like, I know why you're here. Uh huh. You're, you're on a scout. You're casing the place. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously a liability for property owners. Um, although some have, paid people and invited them to do so to give them press sure so it's a it's a weird sort of mix of uh, illegality and like hey come do this thing
1: yeah uh, and i mean for the most part though if the building owner doesn't want you there it's it's because they're they're covering their bottoms you know like they if you fall off and even worse if you fall off and you fall onto some other people yeah th- that's that's a a big problem for them. Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not just you whose sure. life is in jeopardy in in that respect. But you're also like draining like public resources because the cops have to keep everybody back a safe distance. And it's a selfish sport for sure. It really is a <laughs> selfish, know? dangerous sport. But um, like there's there's a lot of stuff you can get in trouble for. The least of which is probably criminal trespassing, right? Yeah. And the cops don't really know what to do with you. And apparently in Chicago, um. They tried to blast uh, Spider Dan. What was his last name? Dan Goodwin. Dan Goodwin off of the building with a fire hose. That's what he says. I saw elsewhere that they tried to get him off the building using various means. He's the one who said that it was with a fire hose. We're talking about the Chicago police, so that's entirely possible. Yeah, he also claimed
0: that Fire Commissioner William Blair threatened to kill him if he did this again. Really? And both of these are claims from Dan Goodwin. Um who, by the way, uh, there was an article in Wired Magazine about mm-hmm. him and, uh, Alain Robert, mm-hmm. and it listed both of their inspirations in life. Mm-hmm. And Alain Robert's were Zorro and Robin Hood. <laughs> so he's, he's clearly grounded in reality. Sure. Uh, and then good ones are Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Carlos Castaneda. Mm. Steve Jobs. You ready for the last one? Mm-hmm. John Lennon. Famous extreme sportsman.
1: Wow. Yeah, John John Lennon. You <laughs> can parkour like a gorilla. Yeah, remember that
0: song, uh All We were saying is give buildering a chance? Yeah. Which was wildly irresponsible too. Or imagine there's no buildering, it's easy if you try.
1: Right. <laughs> so I can do this all day. One of the uh one of the things well this is good because it's actually getting that image of you naked buildering <laughs> out of my head. So maybe keep it up. Now naked John Lennon is buildering in your head. <laughs> Um, so, man, that really threw me off. Because <laughs> you can picture him naked because he both for- naked. I forgot where I was going. Yeah. I can picture, like, his his flank and and rump. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. Huggie, apparently. Just picture, instead of Yoko Ono,
0: him clinging to the side of the building. <laughs> right. And now I know Aaron Cooper will be sending us something. Oh, safe. yeah, for sure.
1: <laughs> I know what I was going to say. Dan, Dan Goodwin, um... He was actually he he said he was inspired by the Las Vegas uh, MGM Grand Fire in oh, the really? early 80s I think maybe 1980 um which I think we should do an episode on hotel fires too it sounds weird and gruesome and uh-huh. it is but there, there's actually, like, a lot of crazy history involved in there. And yeah, there was one in Atlanta in the early days. Yeah, the the um, oh, – I can't remember That's what the name idea. of it was back then. But there's – yeah, they revamped that hotel. You can go to it now. Again, oh, wow. Um, it's right down there by uh, where the Hawks play, Phillips. Yes. So uh, – but I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But, yeah, we should do a Hotel Fires one, okay? <laughs> Very dark idea. So, apparently um, – Goodwin saw that hotel fire and saw people were trapped and that the fire department had no way to get to them. And he was already a climber. I just don't think he was a builder. And he apparently went up to the fire chief or the person in charge of fighting this fire. It's like, let me climb up there and put some cables in place and you guys can go get these people out. And the guy was like, I'm going to have you arrested if you don't leave right now. Yeah. They, I
0: mean, he his heart was in the right place, but Fire chiefs kind of want to just do their thing and not have citizens offer to put themselves in danger on top of that.
1: Especially if they're dressed as (laughs) Spider-Man in an (laughs) ill-fitting child's costume at the the time. Hey, chief. Yeah. I got a great idea. But supposedly he went and started climbing the outside of buildings to kind of prove that this could be done and that it should be done and that, um, that people could be saved. That you could use this kind of thing as a way to assist um fire departments during fires. Which so I've, far I don't think anyone's yeah. ever taken them up on it. No. They don't have builders on the uh on the payroll. No.
0: Um so one final thing I want to mention is that uh there's this one building, New York Times building uh, in 2008 that Elaine Robert climbed and the the cop uh that was interviewed by the New York Times was silly enough to say, "Well, look at this thing. You don't even have to be a professional. Like the building looks like a ladder." Right. And someone read that and then apparently later on that same day, someone who didn't, wasn't even an experienced builder from Brooklyn went out and climbed the thing.
1: Successfully. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Yeah. And there have been unsuccessful climbs. There's one guy who was climbing a building in Houston and fell like 30 stories in 2003. Um, and he was reported by an eyewitness as, as purposefully jumping. Uh huh. Um, but. I don't know. Apparently the buildering community doesn't necessarily buy that. They said, no, thank you. Yeah. Ryan John Hartley was his name. That's very sad. It is sad. And it also goes to show just how dangerous this is this. It is dangerous. Don't do it. Even if you got the best Tom Cruise suction cups you, you can get your hands on and you got a, a nice, some ropes and some friends who are really trustworthy, just don't do it. Okay. Agreed. Uh, Well, since I said just don't do it, that's your cue to go look this article up on HowStuffWorks.com. And since I said that, it's time for listener mail.
0: Uh, I'm going to call this, I forgot to get a listener mail, so I'm going to read the first one on the latest email. It's like Russian roulette with <laughs> listener mail. Um, Yeah, this one's okay. Not bad. Subject line, sleepy while reading. Uh, dear Josh and Chuck, thanks for all the hard work and humor you put into stuff you should know. Podcast has been a constant companion to me for the last seven years. Taught me about agent orange while painting landscapes, Jim Henson while working out at the gym and bioluminescence while riding the bus in China. Wow. He's got an exciting life. (laughs) Um, there's one thing I really do need to know though. Why do I always doze off while I'm reading? I like to learn. I enjoy reading. But over the past few years, I struggled to stay conscious when I, when I read, was hoping you could shed some light on this as you're both avid readers that is harrison gibbs and he has a ps i've been enjoying internet roundup and don't be dumb on amazon prime my sympathies to chuck as i know the struggle of beard dandruff is real we referenced it tea sal shampoo and beard oil has helped me
1: nice.
0: <laughs> that's harrison gibbs uh i don't know the answer but that is a for sure thing like if you want to fall asleep at night Put your phone down or your e-reader and read a good old fashioned book. Yeah, it's like a paper volume. Yeah, it might just do it. Yep. But I'm I sure there's
1: science behind it. Sure. We'll look it if up if we don't forget to. Yeah. If we don't fall asleep while we're looking it up. <laughs> Thanks, Harrison. Appreciate that. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us like he did, you can tweet to us at Josh Um Clark or SYSK Podcast. You can hit up Facebook at Charles W. Chuck Bryant or stuff you should know, right? Uh, You can send us an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, stuffyoushouldknow.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com.